this week I had a really interesting discovery. You know, I've kind of been playing around with my underwear. And oh, yeah, Lord. I've usually been a briefs kind of non-binary person. And now you're more of an ABDL? No, I'm not quite you, been there yet. <laughs> I'm not ready for it. It does depend on the situation, but not that kind of depends. Not dependable. Right. Yeah. And I tried jock straps. I don't know. I just didn't, I didn't love it. Boxers are an absolute no. But to, uh, I ran out of underwear because I'd been waiting to do laundry and I wore my skid marks speedo. and the rest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I wore my speedo. For underwear. Okay. How is that different it than a was, brief? It, right. Because it's a different type of stretch and a different feel and it's oh. more breathable. Y'all. It was wonderful. It's amazing. Okay. I ordered five more and I'm wearing one right now. You better get it. I know. I love it. It's what, what kind of underwear do y'all wear? I'm I'm pretty lame as a sassy lady. I wear thongs, <laughs> of course. Uh, but out of drag, I just like a regular boxer brief in a cute color. Oh, a boxer I like brief. To yeah. I love. I 90% of the time I'm in a jock strap or a brief. You, um, you got that Aussie bum. Yeah, I'm either in a jock strap or a brief, either Andrew Christian or Aussie bum because I just keep buying more. I feel Unless like I'm you know a hoe when she in a jock strap. Mm-hmm. Shout out to my husband. You know a hoe when because you bend over <laughs> right. and you see the strap and then you're cracked too. And I'm I like, did not wear a jock strap today because there's a party tonight for my partner. And no I jock wanna... strap for a party? Well, just in case I'm, I'm not sure I'm I understand. Kind of like help host. So. Oh, fair. Oh, and yeah, you don't want to be too much of a slut. You thought nobody knew you Although, were a jock strap my Versace jock strap is at their apartment, so I could throw that on before we go to you the can party. Just throw tonight. that on later before you get a pound in, Mama. It's it's White Lotus themed party, so I feel like wearing a bougie bro- jock strap would be on brand, right? Does White Lotus mean I should wear a breastplate and have really annoying tits? Oh my god! Would that be magical? <laughs> tits I could only. be blonde with really big tits and no bra. Yeah. Okay, I'm down. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Flapping, Flapping and Fawning. Well, Jesus said nothing to condemn capital punishment as he hung on the cross, did he? Flapjack! It's my money and I need it now. Fawn. Give me just a second. I'm paying for my ticket at the buffet. My name is Karis. <laughs> and welcome back, Karis. Thank you remind for our, having me. Thank you for being here. We remind our listeners of your pronouns as we get started today. My pronouns are a big mixture on the trampoline. You call me what you like. As long as you're speaking to me respectfully, I'll respond. I love that. Yeah, she I don't said, care. I don't care what you call me as long as you call me. How about call me beautiful? Anytime. I'll take it. I call you beautiful all the time. I know. That's why <laughs> That's why you're my best friend. Yeah. <laughs> well, this week we had, we have a lot of shows coming up that Fawn and I are producing is through Flopping and Fawning Productions. You regularly produce uh, drag shows. So we thought we would take some time to talk about how to produce a drag show. Very knowledgeable or a very good thing to be knowledgeable about. Yeah. Abs- I mean, because yeah. I know my first time doing it, it there was a lot more to it than I expected, there is. but it also wasn't as hard as I expected it to be. Either, no, you know, so it's it's definitely not like you're working at the Pentagon, but you do have to do some logistics. You can't just throw that shit together last minute. So, what do you think is like the top three most important things about planning a drag show? 
I feel like you just named the number one anxiety point is that you thought it was harder than it was, Mm -hmm. but you were scared about it. Yeah. So I think it's just getting yourself in a mental space where you're professional and you can approach whoever is the venue owner and tell them what you have to offer and what you could do and then following up with what you offered. I just think it's about confidence. Yeah, I think really... And truly the hardest part is just getting the venue for the show. Yeah. Because yes. after that, everything else, once you have your budget figured out or... Normally and, falls into place. Yeah. Everything kind of falls into place. You can book. Booking can be tricky sometimes because you want to make sure you're booking a diverse show and an entertaining mm-hmm. show. And you've got to think about what kind of audience you're catering towards. So there are some tricks sometimes in booking, but like the first step is the hard... The first step's always the hardest step, and True. it's just getting the show off the ground. Yes. And, and I think a lot of people, especially young entertainers, think, oh, well, this venue needs to approach me to ask me to put on this show. It's not going to happen. No. I, I'm what the industry calls offer only. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the industry I'm, calls not book. <laughs> exactly. If you are too proud to beg, you better sit on your couch. Right. Yeah. I, I, I feel like anytime I go to a, a, a brewery or I go to Applebee's, I'll be like, hey, it's a Tuesday night. And I see some empty seats. Why don't you have a drag show? Yes. You know, and it, sometimes it works out for me. Other times they're like, get the fuck out. But yeah, but how would you know? Exactly. I left a paragraph at Sage and Calera because I live right down the road. I never got any kind of response. They are still hosting some strange karaoke acoustic hours, but I dip it in a paragraph. Hey, yeah. You know? That's so, what you got to do. Yeah. And you know, who knows? Maybe they need someone to host that karaoke. Yeah. And it, it may happen in the future. Right. It's kind of like, I think with Fawn and I we were given a tip about Highwire and we thought yeah. it would be a drag show but it turned into bingo which is still fun and yeah. we're booked from it so that's nice it's kind of refreshing to do something like bingo when all you usually do is numbers yeah right yeah, I like, thought it was really syncing. chill yeah it's yeah I agree it's very fun you and show up do a number in one fun outfit look cute I like being pretty and looked at. Mm-hmm. And, and you don't have to change it all for being good. It's so right. nice. Um, so you can just show up in what you're wearing. So how do you keep a good relationship with your venue? You start a good relationship with your venue. Mm. I think that you... I think that we have too many entertainers who are not thoughtful of their behavior from step one of their relationship. You are like you're representing your brand from minute one. It's not about being fake. It's about being approachable and about being fun and personable and giving them something to remember and giving them what they asked for. If they asked for a time frame, if they asked for something specific, you give it to them with your flavor. Um, I don't know. It's I, like you said in our, sorry, go ahead. I think one of the most important things to keep a good relationship with your venue is just be professional. Yes. Like have communication skills. I think that is something that a lot of people have lost in general, whether that be in professional relationships or private relationships, romantic relationships. Communication is key in mm-hmm. every single relationship you will ever have. Yes, it is. And if you're not communicating clearly efficiently with your venue and if there is a problem that arises let the venue know and then also be like hey this is what i think we should do to fix the problem right and like have a game plan have backup plans yes professional clear communication i think this is a tangent i can get off for hours on but um drag culturally right now is it that like hey mama okay yes um 
I'm a I'm a real bitch. Speaking Words no. yes. But when you approach a business owner that really could care less what you're wearing and what culturally you're into, you need to just speak like a business person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, professionally and say what you have to offer rather than not reading the room and coming in and being every other drag queen with silly adjectives and right. you, you know what i mean i just think I it's do. about selling who you are and being really clean about it right also it's like what are you selling this venue that they don't have and what are you selling this venue that nobody else can offer yes yeah i, fr- I frequently hear people say things like oh i am a real bitch like i'm gonna tell you what i think no matter what's going on and are it, you though but well, i mean is that a wise thing to do right is it but, because is the thing, it? i will speak my tongue quite often but i know when to fucking control it absolutely i mean that's why i work with you <laughs> you know it's it's if you you can become your own worst enemy so easily if you don't know when to turn on your customer service voice Definitely. and have that business side yes because something i'm very thankful i learned when i was in college was that you can be authentic without giving all of yourself and your thoughts and opinions all at once oh my god that's so important you know so yeah. you have to be able to maintain that and say you know we we really like that we're not so sure how this element that you're proposing is going to work but we're willing to work with it and give it a shot and yes reevaluate yeah. in six months or whatever yeah you have to be able to work with people totally speaking of working with people uh how do you go about choosing the people that are in your shows I mean, first and foremost, any show that I am involved with booking, I want a diverse show. I mean that in gender diversity. I mean that in racial diversity. I mean that in drag diversity because mm-hmm. I know when I go to see a show, I don't want to see the same thing five times. Yeah. So why would I produce a show that I'm seeing the same thing five times? Absolutely. Because there is so much good drag that expand like just like hits such a spectrum in Birmingham. Mm-hmm. There is no reason every show can't be diverse. And if you're in a show director position, you really should have done the research to see the world that's surrounding you. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that a lot of show directors maybe are super young, which young is wonderful. Good for you hitting that spot early, but please do your due diligence and seeing what's going on so that you can match what needs to be happening. Absolutely. Do y'all have any personal Not philosophies on. when it comes to casting a show that you feel like maybe unique to you? I do not know what I could offer somebody else only because my perspective, I feel like, is really special. Um, I see drag. I always tell my husband, and he has started to say it when I need to know that I'm valid i think that good drag is magic Mm, and i think that if you have made me feel magic you're welcome on my cast anytime and that has um it i don't know what the good word would be but luckily been entertainers that have been all different kinds of genders and colors and um and different types of entertainment entertainment because it's just i don't know you know i just think that a strong entertainer can give you a magic feel yeah and then everything will fall into place it doesn't have to be a whole stressful thing about who you're picking they'll give you what you need and things will fall into place and if you're confident about how your show is lineup is it's gonna show oh for sure when you're hosting and you're excited about the show it shows and then the audience is gonna get excited because you're excited maybe as someone who is younger to this um i i feel like i have some uh, slots that I try to fill 
you know, when I when I come up with a show, um, it's like I feel like you you need your drag queens, drag queen. The people like when people come to a drag show, this is who they are expecting to see. But then I think you should also have people who like another slot you should fill is people who break that mold a little bit, people who are a bit more artsy and creative. And then I go on and try to fill up like those spots. Oh, I need to make sure I don't have an all white cast or I need to make sure I don't have an all drag right. queen cast, which is so smart. But I think that it comes naturally to some people. And mm. I would say from looking at you and your drag that it comes naturally to you. Oh, thank you. I don't think everybody is a natural show director. And I think that the smartest part about drag is knowing where you shine. Mm. Um, you know, so if, if show directing is not your strength, I think it's really important to step back and just be a cast member as well. But I think that probably is where your leadership stands out that those things matter. I don't think that is for everybody. Oh, okay. Do you know what I mean? I do. You know, I think that we all have a, all of us drag queens have a drag minded brain, but we don't all think about everybody as much as we should be. So the girls that are thinking about everybody should probably be being a show director and it'll come a little more naturally. Right. Mark. Because it's one of those things we don't want to see a cast that is all queens because this is 2023. We know there are more types of drag than queens. Absolutely. We don't need an all white cast because this is 2023. We know that doesn't represent everybody. Mm-hmm. Like there should be diversity in all forms in a show because otherwise you're alienating a part of your audience. Yes. And this is where me and Fawn, I think are the perfect pair, even though we are not the original host of this podcast. I'm taking over, but <gasps> look at me. I think I'm the, the captain perfect now. Pair, Cause I think that Fawn's choices are so valid. And I also think that, um, those things again come naturally. So I don't know. I had a really valid point and I forgot about it because of the wine, but I think <laughs> I feel like Fawn looks for the things that matter and I feel it in the people's souls. But when you get to that point in your career where you can just kind of feel people, it all kind of falls into place. Yeah. You're right. That magic definitely happens that you were yeah. talking about earlier. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, we both like, I feel like all three of us here do something so entirely different. Yeah. yeah. And yet like, we all still do good drag and I enjoy and watching both of you. we still love each other's drag. Yeah. yeah. I agree. I think that a show director that's producing a show can succeed if they have respect for what everybody that they have there, what they're doing, you know? Yeah. But totally. don't bring somebody on that you don't love what they're doing. Yeah. Don't waste their time. And, you know, I actually think that brings us to an interesting point because a lot of times with deciding a lineup, that can have some connotations to it. I know that when I was first starting, my placement really mattered so much to me. Like, am I in the middle? Who am I following? Am I opening? Am I closing? Isn't that such a puzzle? It is. So like, what's the secret to deciding a lineup? Let's dispel that mystery now. Oh my God. I think there's a million secrets. Are we allowed to talk about that? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Like sometimes we overthink it and it kind of depends on the show. Yeah. I know for brunch, we just rotate who opens. Yeah. And I could really give two shits. Nobody That's why I wants, say it doesn't matter. I don't care opening it brunch. Nobody wants to open every single month. No, just because you want the crowd warmed up. But I think in certain venues, like, where you're really blessed it doesn't really matter if you open mm. i'm a weirdo and i like to be number three i have a really weird three i have a really weird sense of things like okay opening they got the audience through what they needed to go through the second number they got to really enjoy you the third number bitch they are ready for you i mean that is kind of like i like being in the middle of a set 
Yeah. Realistically. Miss Apollo is number three. I love. I'm weird about it. I love when a host opens. I do enjoy a okay, host I opening. I like it too, but I don't do it often. <laughs> <laughs> I like, because I've also been in places where I've been the guest and I've opened. I've also been in places where I've been guest the guest. should never open. And I've also been in a place yeah, where a the guest closes. And I, I like the guest being the closer. Yes. Yeah, I can live I, with that. I will say, because I think responsibility is important, if I'm not opening, I'm always in complete drag and a change, and I'm out there to host and say hello, I just might not be doing a number, you know? See, I think that, like, helps with warming up the crowd. Me too. You know, it's like, no one's no one's necessarily doing a number, but the host is out there getting them ready, yes. getting them excited. Having fun with you. Yeah, it sh- you shouldn't just be, like, raw dogging with the young entertainer, having School. them go out first. Oh That's not God, fair. Oh, my God, no. Like, and it's not, it's not valuable to their time and treating them like they matter as an entertainer. What a good way to put it. Yeah. yeah. Raw dogging. Anything yes. Like- raw dogging with somebody inexperienced. <laughs> yeah. It's right. right. How That's about why you we're make on me prep. feel safe? <laughs> yes. We want to feel safe in our drag show just like you want to feel safe in your sex life. Make me comfortable at first. Give yes. me somebody that's good and knows what they're doing that gets me warmed up and then and that maybe host save something out. shaky a little later. And that host comes out and puts a little lube on. Yeah. And you have the first entertainer. Yeah. Says hello, makes you feel good, yeah. gives you a rub on the back. Yeah. And if they know you and it's consensual. <laughs> I think yeah, I think for me, like when I'm I probably overthink lineups too much. I think I always I too. put ho- like I, I pretty much I'm always almost always hosting when I'm producing a show. Yeah. So I pretty much always put myself first, but then I also end up closing, um, which I like. But I the only thing that I worry about is is this entertainer too similar to this entertainer yeah. for me to put them back to back. I yeah. do that too. I think that's important. Yeah. yeah. That's that's the only time I, that, I before you even it. were saying that I was thinking about like that's a, I was yeah absolutely those are also pre-plan ideas that if you want to sit down with a notebook you won't run into that if you don't get those mm-hmm. entertainers that are not too similar you know I mean I still run into it but I think that's something that you can you can think about in the early stages very very true yeah so let's back up a little bit when do you promote a show when do you announce it like what's the timeline of making a show happen, Real- but specifically in the uh, idea of promotion. Realistically, as far as like promoting the show, I like at least a month to promote a show. Oh, I was going to say a month. Yeah. Same. Anything less than that kind of feels rushed it and is. it's shaky. If you have longer, if it's a special event, like if it's a big special event, like we have the roast, you want to promote that well, as much in advance as possible because it's something that's a little out of the ordinary. So if you've got something that's going to cut through the noise a little more, promote it as much as you fucking yeah. can as early as possible. I mean, we announced that, what, like five months ago? I right. Think. But for a just a regular show, like a brunch or a family-friendly show or anything that's just a traditional show, a month is a perfect amount of time. Anything before that, people are going to forget. I think that's a 10 out of 10 answer. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Give me a month to put it on my calendar. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. What about how to promote? Like, where should you put, where should you promote it? Where should you not? Ooh, this is something I'm terrible about doing sometimes. I try to be good about promoting. I think I do an okay job. <laughs> um, I think I could be better. I think Instagram stories is a fantastic place to promote. I'm terrible about posting on my Facebook story. I forget it exists because I don't watch stories on Facebook. I don't either. I don't don't watch stories at all. Um, But I do notice that I get interactions on stories. Mm. What I've started doing for both the roast, um, family friendly and for stardom is I've started posting it in my story. I put a link to where you can buy the tickets 
in the story. Smart. And then I tag every entertainer and usually a lot of the entertainers end up sharing, sharing. it yeah. to their story. I love that because when you do that for me. It's easier for somebody else. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. It yeah. makes it easier for me. Yep. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. And also I like having the link there because you're taking away one less step from the person to do it because yep. I am more likely to buy a ticket for something when I don't have to go find where to buy the ticket from. You are so right. Yeah. It's about accessibility. And that's why, like, I need to get better about doing that on Facebook because in our Facebook posts, I need to do that. I need to be do a big post for all the shows coming up and have, like, here's the link to buy your ticket for the roast. Here's the link to buy the ticket for Family Friendly. Here's the link to buy the ticket for brunch. Because so many of these we can buy tickets in advance for, Make it easy on people. Yeah. Do you know what that I think this hits though too? Really important is oversaturation. Can we hit that? Sure. Oh yeah. I got um I'm not spilling any nasty tea, but I got a <laughs> message to start sharing a little more about a certain event I have coming up. And um I believe that I control my socials. Mm. I'm telling anybody no matter what I'm doing. Um and I think personally that it is confusing, a little too direct and obnoxious to promote all of your events at once. Mm-hmm. Oh, I do it. Do you? Yeah. I don't mean like a like a like a clean poster. I think that's different. Yeah. But I think when you like are sharing like, okay, hey, it's Monday. I've got brunch on next Saturday. On Sunday, I'm going to be in Huntsville for brunch. And on Monday, I'll be at this. Mm. You know, I think that like we have for me when I do and I feel like I've gotten good about it. I haven't stretched into Twitter, so I don't want to say I'm a social media mogul. But I think that it's about thinking about people's schedule. Yeah. And I know, bitch, I'm not trying to see what you're doing. If you are working Saturday in Huntsville, I don't want to know that you're working the next Saturday in Birmingham yet because that's confusing to me. Mm. You know, Do I'm you, so glad we're talking about this. Are you talking about like just people posting about it or people posting all the posters in one post? Mm, I mean, like individual posts. I think that you I think that a focus on an event for your week is really important. Interesting. Like, I know that I have something going on next Saturday, but this Saturday is something that I want to prioritize and make sure that it makes sense on your mind. I appreciate that you guys are giving me the opportunity next week. And next week, I'm going to give you all of my focus. But this week, I want to make it clear to my my audience members what's happening. You know what I'm saying? For me, I usually, at the beginning of the month, like to do one big post with all the posters. Which is lovely, yeah. And that way, everybody can see all of it. And then I'll share everything individually after that what are the things that i've been struggling with and has kind of given me anxiety so i haven't done enough promotion for it is with these two shows at bft coming up back to back at the same venue it's like it's confusing am i going to promote these shows together because they are the same venue and they're the same weekend or do i promote these shows separately and if so how do i prioritize see i felt the same because i feel like they're so um they're so different. I don't want to, it's someone thinking they're coming to a family friendly show coming to the again. roast. It's the, okay. It's the, the roast in that. Yeah. I think that, and I'm no grandmother, but I think that you should promote them completely separately. Mm. It so, is so important. Those are such different shows. Yeah. Have nothing to do with other. Something that I, I used to pretty much only, like I would always do a Facebook, like sharing the post, but mm-hmm. I didn't really have like a strategy to this week. I have this. It was just, Oh, I, I need to promote it. So, what I did was I had a lot of people coming to me and saying like, I just don't know when your shows are. So I made that calendar. I don't know if you saw it. I like the calendar idea. Thank you. It's something to reference to. I, I, it's just a bit 
much to try to keep up with. Yes. Yeah. It, because it, I had to make it and like it's it's like I had to make a whole new website. I to don't even do make it. a calendar for myself. So it's you don't have a calendar. I can no. make you one. Oh, you mean like a you I don't, don't keep up with your calendar. calendar. Yeah. Oh, I would die. What? I really don't Fawn. even have it in my notes. Why? We okay. We're gonna take a break and have an intervention have for Vaughn. <laughs> you need a calendar, baby. And we are back, still talking about how to produce a drag show. Some do's and some don'ts. And we just left off on the fact that Fawn doesn't use a calendar. But really, what's it doesn't necessarily matter so much how the individual entertainers promote the show. You as a show director should be giving them ample time to do so. Mm, yeah. Absolutely. So how do you go about choosing those people? You may have your cast, but what about guest spots? I think guest spots are one of those things that, like, you really want somebody that is going to shine. Mm-hmm. They've got to feel special. Yes, for sure. Um, I feel like that's how you keep the show fresh. Yeah. You know? Because we've had... I, I've got to give Karis props on this. Like, I feel like we always have good ones for brunch. Like, they always feel special. We've got Tori Madison this month. Like... I'm always excited to hear who we have at brunch. Mm. Yeah, brunch always has good guests. As as a former one, I think so. And <laughs> it, does, it doesn't always different. have to be a TV person either. Yeah. No, never. Rob. Because like we, I feel like in today's day and age, it's like drag race, drag race, drag race. It's got to be a drag race girl. Or, oh, it's got to be a dragula girl. Or, oh, it's got to be a camp girl. Like... There are so many fantastic entertainers that have not been on television. Yeah, true. Who people get excited about. Like yeah. Yeah. There, there are several in town that I'm like, I know if, if I book them, especially this is what I do. If it's crowd. a last minute show, mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm going to, okay, I know we have two weeks. I'm going to book so-and-so because they always bring a group. Yeah. Very yeah. smart. Um, so, okay, we've, we've talked about guest spots, but I'd actually kind of like to backtrack and talk about cast, too. Do y'all prefer, like, a rotating cast, or do you prefer seeing the, the same cast with a few guest spots? I really like a um, set cast, because I was going to say, as far as guest, I don't spend as much time on my cast, because I feel like it should come naturally. Who's going to work with you every single week? You mm. should, like, see it and believe it, and it not be a ton of thought. Um, but then I think later that gives you more mind space to think, okay, this is my cast that I work with every week. I'm comfortable with this is what they have to offer, but what can this guest give me in the audience that we don't offer every month? Yeah. So I think that really sets a premises on what you should be booking. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. I am at a weird place with it um, because I like the reliability and the relatability of having a set cast, Mm -hmm. but also at the same time, especially with the state of like, what drag is in the state of Birmingham, like what the state of drag is in Birmingham at the moment. There are so many people that are not getting opportunities. You want to be able to give everybody an opportunity, but also at the same time, there's a limited budget. There's a limited budget. And also like, I like the idea of having a few set cast people because, or at least like a few people that if you're going to be rotating, these are your set road, like three or four rotating cast members Mm -hmm. And then, because I think the Nick has done good with Angel's done a fantastic job keeping like one cast member and keeping everything else rotating. That was one of the first shows that I really like noticed that with. Yeah. But I don't think it works for every show. I think a brunch show or a club show 
like those kind of where you're setting a precedent and building those, a brand mm-hmm. those that you have these are our set times that we do this either every week or every month i think those you need kind of a set cast with two to three sometimes only one guest spot but like other shows i think it works better to have a big bigger rotating cast see i i'm at a i'm at a point at it that's kind of weird too like on the one hand with the rotating cast i totally agree i think there's a lot of people who don't get the opportunities they need so this is a great way to spread those opportunities out but i think the quality of drag that you're enabling someone to do when you have them consistently doing right. a show and they're consistently expecting that paycheck is just going to go up 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 and, and it gives you the chance to actually make a career out of doing drag rather than a hobby and I there's agree. a certain amount of reliability yeah. that comes with the cast position yeah i will take the high end so we have all three different opinions i would love a cast um, because i would love a cast experience where we're all sisters and we all have different um points of view and we can all back each other up but we all know from our experience that we don't need to question what's coming or what may be seen on stage because we know whether it's the same type of drag we do or not that it is going to be reputable mm-hmm. and polished and done well so i think that there's a pick your poison on all three opinions oh yeah absolutely and it's one of those things too with like you want to have at the end of the day you want to book somebody, whether it's as a cast position or whether it's a guest position. You want somebody that's consistent. Yeah. And I think that's one of the everything thing. Like, young crowd. I want somebody that is going to be a consistent. I know what I'm booking. On time? Because Dressed? If, are they ready? Right. If I see somebody is not, they cancel shows last minute, minute. Or if I see people will just like phone it in for a show and you can tell they're phoning it in for a show like it's one thing if you're phoning it in and i don't know that you're phoning it in because you're selling but Mm -hmm. if you're phoning it in and i can tell that you're phoning it in or if you might show up painted for the gods here because you had somebody paint you but then you painted yourself here and you look busted as shit I don't know what I'm booking here. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately for y'all, we artistics see you. So that's why we should be on top of our game all the time. You know, I want to talk about budget and pay because, you know, we've talked a bit about the rotating cast and how that can have certain benefits monetarily. Um, But honestly, for me, when I'm, booking a show. I, I totally understand the importance of it's important to pay your entertainers. Your artists deserve to be paid. Um, but then this, the fear creeps in for me. That's like, what if no one buys a ticket and I still have to pay these people? Oh my God. I feel that every month. You, you're like, yeah. How do you, I feel like you do this more consistently than me. So how do you, do you have certain strategies, ways to relieve that stress? I feel like there is, And maybe this is unfair, so I want to premise it because I've had a little bit of wine. Um, But I think that there is like a a tier of what you should offer people Um, as far as their experience. Like um, as far as we're looking at pay, right? We're talking about budget. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I think that you should base it off of. How long has this entertainer been doing what they're doing? Yeah. How 100% can you trust what they're going to bring? 
Also, how much tips can I offer you? Because I may not be able to offer you a dream paycheck, but the venue I'm working with may give you some sickening tips that I can promise you. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that you and have those have to be promised, not just you saying no doubt. Yeah. yeah, don't bring me no bullshit, and then I get there and they bear one person there. Yeah, um, it's all about honesty, completely with a business relationship. Um, but I think it's just about working in every point of it. Like I don't have a huge budget at Stardom. We're really lucky that they give us a flexible budget, but we have gotten really lucky to work with some high end entertainers because they know what kind of tips they can accomplish because of the, um, audience we bring, you know? Right. So I think it's about establishing, what your brand can offer so that you can maybe get those um, more expensive guests in knowing that what can, that what professionalism and what tips and what outcome they can expect from your event. Absolutely. And I think it's one of those things too. I think there has become a little bit of a negative stigma over the tip spot in recent years because of for sure but because we used to work for a tip spot because now everybody's like we need to pay our entertainers we need to pay our entertainers which is true but it's true it is true because i'm not coming for free but but people that have put in their work and put in their time deserve their pay however i'm not gonna book somebody that is fresh out the gate that I don't know the quality that they're bringing the same amount that I'm going to be paying for somebody that I know what I'm getting. Yes. And I don't mind giving somebody a tip spot to learn, but I don't want to pay for somebody to learn if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. So at the end of the day, I feel like that unfortunately falls on the venue for doing improper research. Yeah. I'm not going to offer somebody who's been doing drag six months to a year the same fee i'm gonna offer somebody that's been doing it five to seven to ten right you know but sometimes like we at the stardom have a straight owner that he has to just trust what i say he may see somebody that's been doing drag a year that just looks fucking fantastic but it's hard for me to make sense in my mind that they make fifty dollars more than somebody that's been doing it 15 more years mm-hmm. um you know that maybe it's just a little bit more visually behind so it, it's just uh yeah i don't know it's a crazy it's a crazy game because it's also one of those things i'm rarely doing a 50 dollars show anymore Woo! i better lock you for 50 right <laughs> yeah i hate to be a shithead but i like i really yeah. better lock you for 50 because like 50 my, back in the day was that, okay, you can book me for 50. Especially when we were on cast our uh, yeah. redacted bar. Yes. Um, I mean, the, not <laughs> open close. anymore. 50 <laughs> was fine. They, I think they paid me 75 always. They paid me 50. I don't know if we've talked about this, so here's and, the tea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> also, there was one point that we were only getting paid for one show a weekend. And remember that I would only do one show a weekend. Yeah, mm-hmm. and... Um, there two is of our other cast members would be out a lot during October they because would. they were working at Atrox. I was also working at Atrox, but I would end up doing both shows and I would usually end up hosting both of those shows on the night you were there. I would be like, host this with me. Right. And you know, that is what I was about to lead to. I'm not the host. However, I feel like that is such a segment in between like me and Fawn's friendship thrives on such a place of me telling Fawn that they are fucking important and you lay down rules. So I think that you establish the relationship of what you're doing, 
you know, expectations and what you get back. Um, and I think so many entertainers don't know what they have to offer, so they don't know what to ask back. Mm. But, you know, we're important just as much as the business, but you better follow up. But you can also ask what you feel like you're worthy of. Right. Yeah. That was one of the things, uh, one of my first, like, big out-of-town bookings. It was kind of ballsy. We didn't discuss the booking before I got there, but they paid for a hotel. Yeah, that's always a little scary. They hotel, paid for a hotel. Hotel's a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I'm with you. Good. I wanted to know. And I was like, we, I got there and we hadn't discussed booking. And she was like, so what's your booking fee? And I didn't know what to ask. So I said, whatever you think I'm worth. Ooh. That was a sweet thing. I would have never went there, but that, no, was, that but was a very sweet way. <laughs> it was kind of ballsy. I would have started high and gone lower. Um, but they paid for your hotel, so you, paid know, for my nice. hotel. you knew that you had made a pretty much free trip, right. which, which is lovely, and you know you've made and a good... And the tips were good. Yeah. So, so you know you've made a good relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I was like, I, no matter what, I got the hotel out of this. I've made some tips. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a good show, and now like that's what I get paid when I go back, and I get the hotel when I go back. Mm. Last time they were not. I've never gotten a hotel of this disclosed location we're speaking of. So, bitch, you made it. You got a hotel. I've always paid for my hotel. Yeah. So yeah, it, you better step on top of me. <laughs> the only thing I feel like we hadn't covered in relation to <laughs> a budget is I, I think it's amazing when you have that venue who can provide a budget for booking, um, or that that's guaranteed. But I know that for the shows that I've produced and that Fawn and I have produced together, a lot of that is coming from, well, how many ticket sales do we have? For sure. Oh, yeah. So a lot of times that will come from, okay, well, let's just split the pay on or split the the door. Um, but some people really require that guaranteed booking. And yeah. so I know that it's been my tendency to like book lower and then pay them more as a nice surprise when I know yeah. I have the money. Is that well, wrong? Mm. <sighs> I feel really strongly about this. I'm not going to say that I don't appreciate extra pay at the end of a show because it's a really great surprise, but I'm not going to come if you lowball me. Mm, Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I think after a certain amount of years, whether you are a dancer, a singer, whatever you do, you know what you have to offer. Um, So a surprise bonus at the end may not feel sufficient. Mm, fair. So I want to feel like you're offering me what I'm worthy of. If you want to pay me a little extra, that's awesome. Okay. But I want to make sure that you're paying me what I feel like up front was acceptable. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know. I think so much self-confidence goes into drag and then you have to somehow combobulate in your mind what are you, what is a fee that's acceptable for you but it changes every brand and it changes every venue and you just have to feel in your heart what is okay for you to take you know you know nobody Mm -hmm. else knows and you can't listen to outside people in your ear because that's shit that gets on my nerves people telling me what I need to accept but you know what works for you absolutely yeah and that's one of the things too like figuring out how much you're worth is Honestly, kind of one of the more difficult parts. It is. Because you want to be reasonable. Sure, because you, people have people have their limits. You want to be reasonable, but you also want to be able to like... You want to be reasonable, but you also want to make sure you're getting what you're worth. 100%. And that's one of the things that I struggle with, when, which I've gotten a lot better about for my bookings. But that's also like even outside of like bookings, like 
I've started making stuff, so I want to make sure that I'm charging adequately. But I'm like, don't want to be charging people out the ass for no reason. No, but I want to make sure that I'm. You want to be kind, but you want to be taken care of. Right. Mm-hmm. And I also like, outside of, this is kind of a tangent, but like outside of <laughs> um, like performing, I've started making stuff. And it's like, I want to charge people, but I don't have the reputation and the experience of making for other people to be able to charge x amount of money but i need to tell you that's in your brain but that can be another talk you do have a reputation i don't have the reputation for making for other people this is your reputation era i'll be your new manager and i'll sell it for you because you have a wonderful reputation of finished garments momager momager (laughs) okay the last thing i want to talk about before we get to our fawning and flopping list is what makes a drag show that is like adult friendly different from a family friendly show and how do you go about making those tweaks it's huge oh my god do you have cuss words in your music it's that little do you have cuss words in your music do you have ridiculous innuendos that we're all gonna hear Mm -hmm. if not you don't have to be ridiculous and make it kindergarten music though is your it's like pg-13 yeah okay is your butt cheek showing I would think PG thirteen would be fine for a kid. I agree. Show. I agree. I think that I because think that there's a push and a pull. I think that you, as the audience, should know that we respect your children. I love your children. I am going to cover everything I have, but I'm a drag queen, so I need you to bend a little with me and know it's going to be PG thirteen. But right, like I want like, eyebrows raised, not jaws on the floor. Absolutely. I know that like I'm going to cover up. I'm not going to be showing extremes amount of skin, even though I don't think there's anything wrong with that because you take your children to the beach. Yes. Oh yeah. So fair. Um, But I'm not going to be pushing that limit myself, but also at the same time, sometimes I'll be in the middle of performing at a family friendly show. This happened at our first one. I was doing my dance mix and I'm like, these songs are, some of these songs are about like, Lady Gaga's just dance. And it's like, you're drinking in the club. And I'm like, is this, really family friendly okay but did your children hear this in the suv on the way to work Uh right exactly and that's kind of what i have to tell myself so like i'll have that like self-conscious moment in the middle of performing and i'm like wait these kids know this song they're singing along to this song so it's just kind of like finding that balance which like for this upcoming family friendly show i'm going all animal themed oh nice Um, i'm glad you've thought about what you're doing (laughs) It's it's taking me a hot minute. <laughs> I don't know if any of y'all are familiar. This is going to be a spoiler if you're coming to the show. If you're familiar with a duck song on YouTube. Oh, the lemonade stand? Yeah. Yeah, 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 nope, yeah. I'm out. Um, I am out. It was like really viral during the time of like Charlie the Unicorn and llamas yeah. with hats and all of that. It's really old. I'm getting this big inflatable duck costume. Oh, I better walk that fucking duck. Group text. And I'm going to do the duck song. And if I really wanted to, I don't think the duck suit would be appropriate for brunch. But if it were to Why be appropriate. Why do you think that? I think it's appropriate. Then I might end up doing it one month for it's brunch. It's appropriate. It's so fun. Because I have ideas for a mix with You're it. You're my wild card. So I always need fun <laughs> to push the envelope. So. Yeah. Yeah. We give, I like to think that we give a little bit of Vegas. Then we give a little bit of crazy. <laughs> and I'm fun. the crazy. <laughs> yeah. You're the crazy aesthetic and I'm the crazy personality, but because yeah. I'm a Gemini and get a little too drunk and wild. You're the one that like, we don't know what's going to come out you on the mic. You really have no idea what's right. coming. Whereas you don't know what I'm going to walk on stage doing. <laughs> well, it might be Adam Lambert. It might be a fucking deer. It might be whole. 
I just looked at the thing to be professional because I do have on my pencil skirt. Take note. Yes. And I did catch the last note, though, did follow back to how family friendly. How family friendly. No, for real, though. How is family friendly <laughs> different shows different from other shows? I think it's about detail. Mm. I just ordered. We have the um, Tuesday rally for. Um, Dra- drag for, me to the capital you know, yeah, for, yeah. A mil- for a million things but we're titling it drag me to the capital and i'm wearing a pair of um wide wag wide wagged wide legged pants <laughs> that wine's getting you good huh? yeah good lord <laughs> no a wide legged pant i had usually or i had specifically at the the first of the moment chose a pencil skirt, but I chose a pant instead. So I'm not showing crazy skin and I'm going to do the t-shirt they provided. But, um, I think it's just like, I really should have ordered a t-shirt. Follow up with your guest. Who Mm -hmm. is going to be the brunch at your guest? Is it going to be family friendly? Are they bringing kids? Are you going to be at a night show and you know, it's all 18 up and you're safe. It's just about following up with who your audience is going to be. And that's your responsibility as an entertainer. And I feel Mm -hmm. like that is part of what your paycheck ensures. And also put it on the poster. Yeah. Oh my God. Put it on the poster. If it's a 21 and up show, put that it's 21 and up. Yeah. It's just a button. There, there's so much information that you like if you just put it on the poster so many things can if be if we would all make clean posters what a laugh it would be oh we'd be a, a utopia Whew. but and the thing with like family friendly shows utopia. Is, I love that <laughs> Disney movie I think there is like a place where you have to have that line of responsibility right like we're going for PG-13 but you're always going to have those religious nuts who at the end of the day oh, for sure. think that no all drag is do. not family friendly well, and it's not. you just have to like block those people and move on if you knew where my dick was you'd know that it's not family friendly right Fawns puts theirs between their shoulder blades that's where we have to follow back to episode one of flapping and fawning of this week and see that not everything is worth your Facebook time. Amen. You know, Amen. then you move on because like also when you're feeding into the people that are no matter what gonna be negative against what you're doing. Yes. You're wasting your time because you're not going to change their minds. So arguing with them is not going to do anything. No, so you true. know what reaction to expect. All right. Well, we are going to take a break in the movie, right? Bill. Then we will right track to fawn and flop. Hey everybody, I've had a couple of cups of wine, but my name is Karis and I'm your current reigning Central Alabama Pride Tide Holder, Miss CAP, and I will be repping you in June, and I'm going to call on your current host of our every single week podcast, <laughs> Flap and Fawn, of Flapping and Fawning. Hi, horse. Hi. Hey, we're back to the podcast. <laughs> oh, wow. This was quite an intro. I'm to in the my gown. Third. Yeah, it's I just wanted it to feel as fancy and as I, I feel. I just got into drag, too. I just threw something on. I super glued earrings on for this, and you thought I wasn't going to give you an appropriate call on? Oh, no. I, I, I don't even ready. know that I understand these expectations. Should See, I go home? Uh, my limo's out front. Kara <laughs> oh super glued Cancel earrings on for this. And super. I super glued two pairs of earrings on, except they're on my nipples. And then one's covering my coochie and the other one's covering well, my hole. I just hole. super glued Whatever a Prince Albert takes. on. Whatever it takes. All right. So we're fawning and flopping. <laughs> Somehow we always get unhinged at the end of episode two. But we have, have discussed some drag show things and we are going to fawn and flop these items but if they have some nuance we'll discuss them as well Mm -hmm. so let's kick it off with 
themed shows. I love a themed show. Don't lie. Quit being my friend. That was such a lie. I looked, <laughs> I looked at you and thought in my brain, everybody that knows me well is going to judge me. I <laughs> fucking hate a themed show. Why? I, I don't even know why I said that. Because <laughs> I wish you wouldn't have judged me. God, now I'm sitting on a soapbox. But how dare you? How dare you tell me what drag I want to do on the day uh-huh. of? You know, I, get, I needed you a couple of days behind to know what you were feeling. But... It's one thing if you're going to be like, I'm booking you for this show, but it's this theme. Is that okay? Yes. Yeah. Please be up for it. Don't ask me a week up for me to grab some fucking 70 shit and make it happen. No. I mean, there, there have been times I've like completely turned out a full three numbers that were 90s themed in one day. Well, you deserved oh, your pay times too. I mean, there was one time at our place that we did a May the 4th Be With You show <laughs> and I turned out three stupid ass things. Well, you I know, I was blue. Well, well, and that it, was it. That was the our place days. I did a Ray look. I did this terrible C-3PO look. And then I got this bodysuit from Am- a swimsuit from Amazon that had a pizza and a, a pizza cat on it. And I, I stoned the, the fuck cat. out of it. But props to you for like trying. You know, you I went for it. I, I feel I like tried. when you go to a themed show, there's always a couple people who like or entertainers who just don't care about the theme. Like I, I heard of I went to a Lady Gaga brunch one time and there were I don't think anyone did Lady Gaga. Like, they were playing Lady Gaga as we walked in. People had, like, dressed up. They were wearing their Gaga sunglasses, yada, yada. And no one did Gaga. (gasps) Oh, safe. (laughs) Peek behind the curtain. Uh, We almost lost a wine glass. I have mixed feelings because Jaden Dior Fierce of Tennessee, shout out, of Nashville, Tennessee, does a themed brunch every single Saturday. Wow. That is... um, Like, weekly? Yes. Jeez. It is T-Mobile themed. It's... I think, um, and I've done T-Mobile. a couple of them. Like is it T-Mobile? Sponsored? It's Are you talking about flip phone? Flip phone. Flip phone events. It's T-Mobile. always flip phone themed. I've done, I've done Taylor Swift, and then I did another one, and they're really successful and cute. But then I thought I start to think about my brunch, and I think nobody wants to see seventeen Taylor Swift songs in a row. Right. So it's just like mm. reading your audience. You know, it For went well in Nashville because there was like three thousand people who wanted to come to a Taylor Swift brunch, but here sitting in Birmingham, Alabama, we might have had ten. I think you need a, a theme that is broad enough for right. yes. When we do our decade themes that go up decades. Well. Yeah, I think decades smart. are good. Yes, yeah. I like speaks for, like, to everybody. One-off shows. I like themes like. I've wanted to do a Nintendo theme. I've wanted to do a Pokemon theme for a while. Those are so strict, though. But you've yeah. got to make sure you're booking correctly for it. It can't be like a cast thing. It's like you're booking specifically for this show, no and doubt. you're going to be marketing specifically for this show. And that's how you have those kind of themes be successful. Yes. Because you can't just be like, here's our cast, and we're going to throw this ragtag theme together. Because then it's going to be shit. Agreed. Hey, audience, you with your briefcase, this is where it all rolls back into picking the right people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just knowing who you're working with and what they're capable of, I feel like. So Can true. we all do this Pokemon together? Fawn knows I wouldn't be the Pokemon choice, <laughs> which You sucks. would do Pikachu. Yeah, we would figure it out. But oh, wait. You, you have yeah. to know what the people around you are, what, what they're doing. You would do Electric by Katy Perry as no, Pikachu. I love um, I think she should be the Jigglypuff. ice cream Pokemon. Yeah, or Jigglypuff. I love Jigglypuff. Well, you know, Always I've already have. got Jigglypuff on lock myself. Oh, so. true, true, Well, true. you better go home. <laughs> I don't have a whole lot of choices. All right, so themed shows overall, Fawn or Flop? 
I say fine. I'm going to fine them. I think in 2023, well. so far, I've seen them be a fine. And it right. gives like the audience something different to look forward to. Something to look forward to. That's mm-hmm. what I was thinking. Yeah. If you're excited, you're really excited. Yeah. I love that. Which Make is why broad. it sucks when people don't stick to the theme because you've got people that are really looking excited about to it. it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And it covers not the same. So yeah, I say fine. Like the twat lock. <laughs> yeah. I thought twat yeah. lock was... Okay, I agree. That was a good example, the twat luck. All right, I'm going to do it. I don't mean to go on a tangent, but this is something I've wanted to talk about for a while. I think. Oh, is this going to be a flop of the week? No, like no a maybe a little bit, week. but no, it's not, I don't want it to be harsh. Like, I think that we as a community need to talk about our relationship to food and performances. I, I can't tell you how many times I've gone to a drag show and people ask me, hey, do you have food? And they're like hungry off the street. And I, I really hate seeing I, food get like destroyed on stage. Does that make sense? I am shook back into a couch that you just said that so an often thing that happens to you. I'm not being silly. Oh, it's crazy to me. Uh, what do you mean that, that people ask me for food? Yes. Oh yeah, like I I feel people on the street all the time, especially at the quest. Like people, are, are you dead ass serious? Yeah, people will ask for money or they'll ask for food. Like okay, this is where I feel like which we get into a whole political debate but we are spending so much time on such small things when people are struggling struggling with getting food Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying i do so i don't know again i say prioritize but that's wild to me yeah i I just think that for for me as an entertainer when i have something like that happen and then we see a, a number where someone destroys food on stage I just really don't like that. Ooh, you know, I agree. So, like, when it comes to Groceries a theme, it's are expensive. You're yeah, for food, and we just and we just destroyed a, a we pie just on stage. Poured mayonnaise over twenty four pieces of bread. Yeah, what, what was the point of that? Uh, I shouldn't so, have got my glass of wine. I agree with that. I just and and I don't mean this in a, a my wa- wag my finger at you way, but I do think it's important as drag artists to do no harm, and I think that is bordering on harm do you, you know? know that where i come to in 2023 where i stand in the middle and i would take your hateful arguments from side to side is that i feel in the middle mm. i feel like it is really we should be more sensitive to obviously what people are going through in our budgets and the rise of groceries and all kinds of shit but then as drag artists why do we worry about your budget so it's crazy yeah it's wild. Totally. It yeah. is wild. Because I feel the, girl, you better not crush my eggs. They were $7 uh-huh. a pack. And speak, but I mean, that's all kinds of salmonella on the stage. Yeah. And speaking of groceries being expensive, let's talk about touchless tipping. Touchless tipping. At drag shows. Fawn or flop? Um, as a concept, I'm going to fawn it. Fine. However, in practice, flop. I, I rarely <laughs> ever make money from touchless Same. Tipping. Yeah, it's, it's not much. I mean, it, when it was only touchless tipping, mama, that was garbage. It was a waste of time. Why did we even get in makeup? Yes. But <laughs> but I do like it as an option because I will get, I think the most I've ever made was like 30 bucks at a show for off of touchless tipping yeah. when Ms. people Pan- just didn't have cash. Miss Pandemica, I have made about four, but I appreciate those $4. <laughs> so I, I feel where you wearing gloves are coming from. Like, I appreciate it. I will still... I still love including touchless tipping in every show just in case there is somebody because sometimes I do make a little bit of money, but people really like that one-on-one interaction. So if they can do that one-on-one interaction, they're going to. Right. Yeah. That's that's part of what you're paying for with a tip. So that's like a mid-flap fine. So like, we appreciate you. It's not our ideal. You have to choose. Fawn or flop. 
Either I'm, way, we love you, but I'm gonna lightly fawn it because I do occasionally get fawn. money. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I'll, wish. I wish. I just wish it was more realistic. Me. I would have danced mm-hmm. for you. Yeah, and make eye contact. Oh, yeah, I fawn yeah, it as well. I would have eye contacted for you. Yeah. Similar to Touchless Tipping, how about online shows? Fawn or flop? Flop. <laughs> flop. Unless it's like <laughs> well produced. That's how I got my start. <laughs> Unless it's well produced, like I watched. Um, Oh, the drag is not dangerous thing. I watched that. some of that, and I also watched drag is good. Ooh, okay. Um, you watched the one with Alaska from Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, so I'd love to hear. Inside. It was good. Okay. Um, they had I to figure out. It. You know, Alaska's my queen. Um, but like, I enjoy those kind of things. But like, you kind of have to have the like that included interview and personality, right? Kinda. Or was oh, it no, just you're talking about talent. the competition. Uh-huh. That's what coming you saw. Up. The comp- oh, I saw the Drag is Good uh, telethon, yeah. basically. Okay. Um, I think sometimes they include an interview like that. Like I know yeah, what I just meant. Like, did you get to know the people quickly? Not really. It was okay. just kind of like people doing numbers. Okay. Yeah, um, I didn't watch it. People surprisingly, they, well, I guess it's not that surprising. They don't really want to watch a number online. You know, like yeah, when, when I, don't I either. When I did Flapjack's Flavor of the Month, it's people tuned in for the conversations. Yeah. It's uh, got to be an interesting number that I cannot just see at the bar. Yeah. yeah. Which and is that, like. And that sucks because we spend a lot of money on that and we get a lot of like more reaction if you do it in person. But we also have to be realistic as entertainers that it's a fucking, you know, it's the pandemic and this right. is where we're at. I liked the online shows that people would like put a little effort into like editing their numbers. Yes, mm-hmm. I agree. Those were fun because I'm like, it feels you kind of feel like a superstar, and you're making a music video, yeah, and you're yeah. doing multiple takes. You spent and extra time on this, yeah, mm-hmm. and there's thought that went into it rather than. Let me get up here and do my little donkey kick and move my mouth to these words. Right. Yeah. That Heard. I, I want 100%. a production. I want yeah. artist, artistry. Show me so. you care. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But one of my favorite performances is still the one where I walked around Birmingham and drag like for online. And the only thing that I love that I still really, really like about and uh, online shows that I'm thankful for starting in the pandemic is that every so often I will get contacted about doing a show out of town that I just can't make it to and I can offer a video and they will will play it and post my touchless tipping and I don't have to do a thing and I make like 30 bucks. Yeah. I I remember before um, COVID happened, they would ask for videos and you would be like, what the fuck? videos?" (laughs) But after COVID you can, you have a video of three Mm -hmm. of your best performances thrown together. I love it. Yeah. It was, it sucked. That's a fetch. (laughs) In those moments. I see that. Yeah. But overall, we're flopping online shows. Yeah. Yeah, flopping. It's, it's yeah. too much work for not enough payoff. I appreciate what you've talked Flop. Next up, we have Facebook events for promoting shows. Fall or flop? Mm, flop. I think it's... I think it's the responsible thing to do as a show promoter, but I don't think it really does much. I think... There are a sprinkle of handful of things that it does help. Like, I think there are a few people that see it and are like, oh, yeah, that'll be a good reminder. Or, oh, yeah, this is something that I should go to. But for the most part, it doesn't really do much. I fawn it because I like it more than I dislike it. And I, I will say when I was hosting the Upside Down Drag Review, I did have more people when I had a Facebook event at shows. Yeah. But that was that was a rough show to get people to anyway. I appreciate <laughs> so. any type of marketing. 
Um, I feel like the Facebook groups kind of waste time, you know, because it because for in my experience, the Facebook group always comes it comes later. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, yeah it's usually like so uh, after the event, uh-huh. like a few days a few days later after you get excited, there's the group. So then you're kind of over it. So I don't know, um, but I feel like if the promoter is making really interesting advertisements maybe mm-hmm. everything matters no matter what you're doing you know yeah, yeah. that's I fair it's not like facebook events break it break the right yes right so yeah i think i think i fawn it more than i flop it i fawn it yeah all right work spend time on some marketing is yeah, why i do a little more yes um okay how about open stage drag shows I am honestly gonna fetch this Stop yeah me agree happen. wonderful great opportunity so when I started, for the first about like year of when I started, I, and I've like really just like realized how long it took for open stage to be an opportunity because I've been reminiscing with Angel moving away and everything. Yeah, Alexa starting back drag. We've been kind of like looking back at the good old days, um, but like for the first year of me doing drag, it was me relying on hot spots at our place. And then in 2017, they started doing the weekly open stage. I learned so much doing open stage. I got to perform literally every week. And it just gave me time to grow, push myself, get better at makeup. Because it gave me, okay, I'm doing makeup every week. So I'm going to be doing my face every week. And I have to be somewhere, so it has to be quasi-presentable. I'm not getting paid to be there, but I want to look my best. The goal is to be paid to be there, correct? Right. Yeah, so the more time you spend there showing them your intentions, you end up getting paid to be there. And that's exactly what happened with you in no time. Right. So I think that is ridiculously important. It's just consistency. I also think with a from a production standpoint of open stages, your host makes a huge difference. Agreed. Mariah Taylor was my host at Baddest Bitch when I was getting started. And I am so thankful that she was because she just has that nurturing side to her. Like she's she's willing to sit down with you and talk. And a nurture makes a world's difference. Really? It doesn't even matter who they are, just to sweet nurture spirit. And and she was actively recruiting as well for those open stages. So yeah. I think if, if you're producing that open open stage and you're on that side of it you need a passion for it you need a passion you need to be looking Mm -hmm. for up and coming entertainers that you want to give a hand up to and you need to have good relationships with older entertainers so that they can tell them to come to your open stage for the opportunity and even if you're not like specifically nurturing them yourself you need to at least have it be a welcoming and comfortable enough environment that it's not intimidating for new people to step in absolutely you want yeah. to be approachable. That's why I think I think Twat is so wonderful, and that's why I think DIY has really just taken off and run with it because Twat also has that nurturing um, uh, vibe about them that yeah, I think it's is like a motherly spirit through. that Absolutely. you can be comfortable with. I agree. And it's like DIY is one of those the energy and the like passion behind it, but behind DIY is always top notch. The quality isn't always top notch, but what I'm looking for at a DIY show is the energy and the passion. Because at the end of the day, if you don't have the passion for drag, why are you doing drag? Because it's stale if you don't have the passion. 
Yeah. And it is not all that money. So quit playing. Because <laughs> like, it's not. I would rather watch somebody that has a lot of passion that isn't the 100% polished person than somebody that is out here in all these gorgeous, gorgeous gowns, gowns, with gowns beautiful, beautiful gowns. hair, beautiful makeup that is just dead behind the eyes. Yeah. Cause like, you're, what are you giving me? Exactly. I want to feel something. And an open stage is a great place to see what's on the up and up. Like right. what's going to be the new trend. Um, okay. So open stages overall, fawn, flop, fetch, fetch. flop. No, 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 fetch, fetch. fetch. It's I'm, a fetch I'm for me as well. I mixed up my ideas. It is absolutely <laughs> necessary to do your work. Mm-hmm. Fun, 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 fun. I'm sorry about my miss. I'm going to mess ups. throw in a loop. I'm going to throw oh. in an extra fawn or flop option. Give it to me. Crowd applause-based competitions. Ooh, I have okay. I like this because there's a nuance to it. Yeah. Do I do I like it because I don't like it because I don't necessarily think the best entertainer wins or the most creative entertainer wins. You you win because you bring those people. But Who that's did you bring? but that's not what matters to me as a show producer when I do a crowd based applause thing. It's about you getting that practice of recruiting people to your shows. Yeah. Right, and that's that's what I think is value about it. That's actually why for. Um, uh, Flapjack's flavor of the month. I did a online voting based system for who won because it gave them gave young entertainers that chance to practice recruiting for shows. I was like, if this is the new normal, we need a, a way to know yeah. how to do that. Because like your show directors want to know that you're able to bring in yeah, it matters people a lot. to a bar because at the end of the day, when we're at a bar, we're there to sell drinks and make the bar money yep otherwise why would they have us because we've got to make the bar money because we're costing the money costing them money by being there if they're booking us right so they want to know that you can bring in money does the correct person always win no but at the end of the day they're trying to make money and you got to be okay with that Yep, that's so true. And, and and if you if you go to one and you really work your hardest to recruit people to come and you still don't win don't feel bad about it. Like it can't be a value statement on your drive. It's not a, a exactly. large, a large state of mind of what you're capable of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything is a weird, strange stepping stone. Well, y'all, I think we've come to the end of the episode. It's been a wonderful afternoon. It has been. Is there anything that we'd be remiss if we didn't mention about show production? I don't think so. Um, don't sleep your way to the top. <laughs> or do it. No, I'm always up early. <laughs> yeah. I like to sleep my I way at the bottom. I, I, I live. Um, well, we like to finish the show with some plugs. So don't forget the second Wednesday of every single month at Highwire Brewing. You can catch us for Drag Bingo. That starts at 730. So come and have an 069 with us. Also on Thursday, May 18th, you can uh, we will have a roast in peace angel face. At the, when this is released, this is the day of. So come on out tonight, 7.30 p.m. at Roast in Peace Angel Face at Birmingham Festival Theater. Tickets are available at bftonline.org. Also at Birmingham Festival Theater, we have family-friendly drag show on Saturday, May 20th. That starts at 12.30 p.m. That is noon 30. So have some breakfast and come on in and see us at the family-friendly drag show. Also on Saturday, May 27th, Flapping and Fawning will be taking a take will be doing a takeover of the DIY drag show. That is a very full day for Fawn and I. Lots of chances to catch us, whether it is at Terrace's <coughs> drag brunch. 
All-Star. <laughs> also on Saturday, May 27th, it's Karis Drag Brunch All-Stars. Yes. Before we get crazy at 7 at the DIY, we're at the start home at 12 o'clock. Showtime is 12 o'clock. You can come and get a table at 11. So come see us before you get into your flapping and fawning family events. Y- yes. And Maybe then- we could convince Karis to come out and watch DIY because her daughter's in it this time. Just month. tell me to take a nap in my outfit. You know me, Fawn. Yeah. Just sit me, <laughs> sit me down in a couch position and I'm good. No, you just need to Hand leave like little pickles, glasses of wine uh, that trace. Fried pickles t- in a glass of wine. Mm-hmm. Ooh, a fried pickle. Put me in the Ooh, car. glass of wine. Mm-hmm. Ooh. <laughs> yep, we're, we're good. Also in June, two big events. On Saturday, June 3rd, I will be hosting at the Big Gay Bus Tour with the Invisible Histories Project. That's a great way to yes. learn about gay history in Birmingham. It's going to be super duper fun. Make sure you get your tickets. That'll be in the link in the description of this episode. And last but certainly not least, Fawn and I are taking over Pride on the Plains, hosting that Ooh. on June 4th oh, in what? Auburn, Alabama. That was Come so on, exciting crowd. that the laptop fell. I'll be there too at 3.30. Yes. Oh my God, it's going to yeah. be a full day. I may just sit my ass down and sit with y'all till 10. Yeah, we should do we'll flapping and happens. fawning and caressing. Yeah, if I take yeah. my skirt off and things get wild. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everyone again for listening to Flapping, flapping and Fawning. Fuck Mary Rusk. for listening to Flapping and Fawning. Music by Elliot Nass. Promotional art by Danny Lee. Hosts are Flapjack. Oh, hey, that's me. And I'm Fawn. You can follow me on Instagram at fawn.fawn.fawn. And you can follow me over at Instagram as well. And pretty much any other social media platform at flapjquellen, F-L-A-P-J-A-C-Q-U-E-L-I-N-E. Connect with us on social media on Instagram at Flapping and Fawning Pod and on Twitter at flap and fawn pod oh and make sure you check out the links in our bio to buy some merch you can also connect with us via gmail at flapping and fawning pod at gmail.com see you next time bye Ta-ta.